0: Welcome to the Way of the Bible podcast. Inspiring and empowering Christians of all measures of faith to simply believe God and follow Jesus. Join in with our host, Bible teacher and guide, Dr. Philip Zimmerman, as he explores the paths through Scripture that lead to life in the will of God. Being joyful always, praying continually, and being thankful in all circumstances simply by believing God and following Jesus. And now, Dr. Z.
1: Welcome again. This is Dr. Philip Zimmerman, Dr. Z, and you've joined me on episode number 006 of Way of the Bible podcast. So glad to have you with us today. Following the podcast welcome and introduction, we had as our first episode, we've covered why God as creator changes everything, how to trust the truth and reliability of the scriptures the person and work of Jesus Christ, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. In this episode, we're going to look at, uh, explore the person and work of mankind. Now, the person and work of mankind is, is different than you may be thinking of, you know, what does it mean to be human? Uh, that, that's a different question for a different episode that we'll deal with uh, when, when we look at what it means to be created in the image and likeness of God, that is, a mind, body, soul, and spirit. But for this episode, we're going to look at the person and work of two individuals, the first man created, that would be Adam, and the second man, it is said, likened unto the first, that's Jesus. And obviously, this is a huge topic which oh, the entirety of Scripture is concerned. Uh, so we're going to remain as focused as possible throughout this episode. And we're going to begin today in Genesis. That's where all the begin- everything begins is in Genesis. And we're going to go to verse, chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now again, when we get to the what is the nature of humanity, right? Uh, what does it mean to be human? We'll look at more fully at that about being created in God's image and likeness. But for right now, we're just going to focus on this: the first man of mankind, which is Adam. Now, the account of Adam begins in Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. It says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man, that would be Adam, from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. This is when the Holy Spirit actuated life, into adam before adam I, mean, I guess when god put all of him together he was standing there but there was not life in him in this breathing of life the man became a living being and as i had indicated before that when adam was created um, he was fully fully functioning ready to go verse eight now the lord god had planted a garden in the east in eden and there he put the man he had formed the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So they got two trees in the middle of the garden. One's the tree of life, which you will see in the new heavens and the new earth. It's still there. Uh, but this tree of knowledge of good and evil is not mentioned. So this, this tree plays a very important role in the sin narrative, which we'll, we will cover momentarily. Uh, Let me take a little sidebar here and talk about Adam as a real creation of God. Uh, If you do not believe that Adam was a real creation of God, or you think, well, you know, mankind evolved. It's not really important. It's a myth, right? It's a biblical myth to try to explain uh, the idea of sin, that there really wasn't an Adam. Uh, If you're going to take that attitude, or, or if you have that attitude, I just really encourage you to trust the scriptures as true, as God had them written. Uh, Because in reality, you might as well just pitch the rest of the Bible and the Christianity and everything else as it rests in its entirety on this premise. If there was no Adam, there was no need for a Jesus to come here to the earth. Uh, If there was no Adam, then what you have called into question, when you're questioning this idea of Adam, you're calling into question the rest of the entire Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. It's just that important. Uh, and, and so this, what this really means, is that there was no evolution. Remember, I talked about creation with the big bang. Uh, again, evolution, the theory of evolution, has really messed up a lot of individuals because they have chased after a theory that was developed. Uh, you know, in the 1800s, that really rocked the world in regards to oh, we don't we really propelled science to say we don't need religion anymore to explain things because now we have science and Darwin's theory of evolution to explain how we got here and where life came from. Well, Darwin never addressed where life came from. He just said once life was here, this is how it may have occurred. You know, evolved. It never evolved. And I just tell you that the. The, the nail in that coffin was the discovery of DNA and the implications of the complexity of DNA in the actual language that's in DNA. There is a language in the, in the genetic code. It's, it, in fact, it's such an understandable language that we're, we're customizing genetic properties, right? We're, we're, we're able to, to adjust the DNA because we've learned the language of DNA. It's, it's a language. And language doesn't happen by random accent anyway. Uh, evolution, it never happened. But many Christians mix this worldly answer, this theory of evolution that mankind is an evolved species. Adam didn't really exist. Don't believe the first part of the Bible that it makes it difficult as you go through the rest of the Bible to understand what it's talking about. In fact, a lot of people that will get into the rest of the Bible, they just won't understand it because it just it doesn't sound it doesn't it doesn't mix with what the world is telling us is what reality is. Well the world is telling us what reality is based upon what man has been able to discover on his own. Absent of God. There is no consideration of God in those explanations. And God has put it plainly in the scriptures how he did it. Right? And we'll never be able to prove that he did it this way, but he's letting us know. It's, again, it's a faith. It's a faith statement by faith. We, we realize this. It just confuses you as you realize what the Spirit is trying to tell you in the Scriptures as you're reading the Scriptures if you drop Adam out of the equation. So I'd encourage you, don't drop Adam out of the equation. He was a real person. Next, we come to the command in Genesis 2, 15 to 17. Now, this is the command that Adam broke. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The rest of chapter two deals with the creation of Eve narrative, and again, we'll we'll deal with that in in an entirely different episode. But in this episode, we're just looking at Adam. So we're going to jump to Genesis chapter three. We're going to skip verses one through five, which have the part of the sin narrative where you know, Eve was deceived by the serpent. She saw the good fruit was good for, uh, good to look at, uh, good for food, and good for obtaining the, the knowledge of good and evil. And so she ate it. She, that's uh, Eve, also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So right off the bat, Satan had told uh, Eve. Um, God didn't really mean that you would die if you ate the fruit. You would simply be like God, knowing good and evil. And what is happening here is when Eve ate the fruit, nothing happened. And then she gave it to her husband who was with her, right? So when Adam was trying to figure out maybe what this dying meant, he had no idea. I don't know if he knew what dying meant or not. But Eve ate the fruit and she didn't, whatever, nothing seemed to change in her. Adam ate the fruit. Adam is the one who disobeyed the command. Eve was deceived. Adam disobeyed. The eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. Remember, this is the knowledge of good and evil. Up until this time, they were probably just filled with the light of God, the love of God. They had no concept of this idea of evil. What is evil? They had no knowledge of evil at all. I mean, they had just been created. And all, of they, all they knew was their relationship with God. And as, as soon as they ate that fruit, as soon as Adam ate the fruit, it wasn't Eve, as soon as Adam ate the fruit, the eyes of both of them were opened. Because Eve came from man. Eve was a, you know, God pulled a rib out of Adam and made Eve. So when Adam ate the fruit, when mankind ate the fruit, boom, something pretty traumatic happened. Uh, verse 8. Uh, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is interesting, right? They're, they're before this, they're in relationship with God. Everything is going good. Now suddenly they eat this fruit and they're hiding from God. Verse 9, but the Lord God called the man. He didn't call the man and the woman. He didn't say, hey, Adam and Eve. He called the man. Why? Because the man is the one who disobeyed. But the Lord God called the man. for He's the first man ever. And he disobeyed. So he's calling the man. Lord God called to the man. Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he, this is God, said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And, of course, Adam goes in the blame game, and Eve goes into the blame game of what actually happened. And then God has some things to say to Satan, to Eve, and then to Adam. And again, we're just tracking Adam through this narrative right here. So we're going to pick up on verse 17. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Pick up on verse 19. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. since Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And so this is, I guess, he's getting an idea of what death is. He is going to return to dust. Verse twenty-two. The Lord God said, "The man has now become like uh, one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever." Right, because the tree of life was still there in the garden. So this tree of life provides you eternal life. You can live forever. If Adam could have gotten ran as fast as he could. Run, run as fast as you can. I can't catch being on the gingerbread man, right? If he could have been like the gingerbread man and ran to the tree of life and eaten from it before God got to him, he would have lived forever. Verse 23, so the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, again, if you don't believe that Adam really existed, you think this is a myth or just a story, uh, I I just encourage you as a believer to place your faith in the truth and reliability of the Scripture and start believing this account just as it is written. And you will see things start to pop off the page at you as you read through Scripture, realizing what happened at the beginning. So with that, that, that's who the person and work of man was. The person, Adam, was created in God's image and likeness perfect, and it was very good when Adam was created. He, he did not know evil. He had the knowledge of good. Uh, when Adam was formed, you know, this is another question. You know, when, when Adam was formed, uh, how old was he? <laughs> so people, a lot of people say, well, I think he's like, he looked like he was 18 years old, or maybe he was like 30 years old. Okay, well, 30 seconds after he was created, how old was he? And somebody would say, well, he's probably 30 years old. Didn't, no. He was fully created to uh, have the appearance of a thirty-year-old, but thirty seconds after he was created, he was thirty seconds old. That's what I'm saying. When 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 Adam was created, he was created complete, just like when all the animals are created, they were com- c- created complete. You know, the eagle was probably f- flying in the air, created flying in the air, bit air bob. eggs already in the nest. Uh, you know, all of the creat- creatures that God created, He spoke them into existence, and they and they and they were. Uh, at the at the appearance of an age of whatever that age was, but they were instantaneously he had just appeared. That's what happened. That's how Adam got here. Okay, now let's go look at the second man, man. It's he's he's likened unto Adam is how the um, scripture puts it. And of course, um, that that would be Jesus. And so we're going to go to Philippians chapter two, verses five to eleven, to find out who this individual is. Paul starts off and saying, saying, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so this is, Paul's about to describe Christ for us. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So we've got to get this picture. Got Jesus Christ, part of the Trinity, who's in the very beginning saying, let us, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, talking with each other because in their relationship with each other, let us make man in our image and likeness. Jesus was right there. Well, Jesus disrobed that royal garb that he had in heaven, and he came to earth. He made himself nothing. If you think about where the heavens are, God is everywhere, right? And Jesus is God. So God, Jesus is everywhere. There is not a place where Jesus is not. There's nothing that Jesus does not know, past, present, or future. Uh, there, uh, the, he's outside of dimension, outside of time. J- Jesus is all those things, right, because he is part of the Godhead. He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. If you consider yourself as a human being living on planet Earth, if you ever go to a, just a, go to a mapping program and click on the satellite image, and then it says you know you, you blow out as far as you can on the satellite image, and then they just start blowing in. You'll know, eventually you get to where you can see a couple of buildings together, but rarely will it let you see further than that. Well, if you could picture yourself as a human being down there, if you can actually see a person on the ground, which is kind of hard on some of these. Programs. That's who we are. God is outside. He's everywhere. That's what Jesus. That's what He's talking about. Being made nothing into the form of a human. Uh, rather, He made Himself nothing, to be, be taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled Himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. When Jesus was obedient to death, right, death into the world when Adam sinned. Adam disobeyed the command, sin entered the world, and death through sin. So Adam experienced death because of sin. Jesus experienced death through his obedience unto death, to death. Not that he was obedient to death, right? It was because of his obedience all the way he went to death in his obedience. He, he, he didn't waver in his obedience all the way to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That is, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Okay, so let's look about Hebrews to check out some more about who this second man is likened unto the first. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Remember, you know, Jesus was obedient all the, all the way to death, death on the cross. That obedience meant that in all the temptations he had ever experienced in his life, he was tempted just as we are, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, yet was without sin. He never sinned in anything that he was doing. All the way from his birth, all the way to death, he was sinless. He was what you would call righteousness walking on the earth. He was, he was the righteous one. He actually did it. Adam disobeyed pretty quickly after he was created. The first man, the one likened unto the first, Jesus, was obedient to his father all the way to death on the cross, of all things. Hebrews 5, 7 and 9. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his, of his reverent submission. This is interesting. He was crying out to God because God was the one who could save him from death. Well, what was Jesus afraid of death about? Well, you know, he was he was born into a human body, right? He he didn't have any sin. Uh, everyone born after Adam in, inherited the sin of Adam, as we as we will see in a, in a minute in another passage. Another passage. But Jesus was born of God see we we're, we're we're our natural birth, we're born of man, you know we have a father. Jesus' father was non-human, he was God. So Jesus did not inherit the sin. Remember, it's the sin of Adam. It's not the sin of Eve that we, we inherit. it's the sin of Adam because Adam disobeyed the command. Jesus was not part of Adam's lineage. The body that he was occupying was coming from Mary, um, but the, the, his father in that in mary's womb that impregnated mary was god you know so jesus had a had a different nature in that regard but this idea of death he was going to die a death on the cross and god could save him from death and we'll get into that a whole nother uh, episode on what is death and why did satan have the power over death It's a it's a fascinating study And he was heard because of of his reverent submission. Remember, his submission was to the Father's will. Verse eight: Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. This is interesting. Jesus, remember, Jesus was obedient all the way to death. He learned obedience from what he suffered. The the obedience was through what you know when, when he was suffering, and God's will was that he would go through that. He did not reject the suffering and choose an easier way. He obeyed his father all the way. He submitted to his father's will all the way to the cross. Remember, he prayed three times before the cross Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from my hands, but not my will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. That reverent submission that he learned obedience. And then it says, And once made perfect, Jesus, as the God man, remember, he's the second man, the second, likened unto Adam, he was perfected, he was made perfect. Uh, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation who, of, of all who would obey him. This is this is pretty this is, this is the key right here. He became the source of eternal salvation. Adam is not our source of eternal salvation. The one likened unto Adam, the second man, uh, Jesus, is the source of eternal salvation. Go to Colossians 1, 15 to twenty. The Son is the. Image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So that's, that's who was occupying this body here on the earth, that person, Jesus. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and firstborn from among the dead. Right? because Jesus died on the cross. Right, So he's the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God himself was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him, to reconcile to himself, this is to through Christ, to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, was bringing reconciliation of all things in heaven and on earth to God. This whole reconciliation, there's something going on in heaven that need to be reconciled? Yes, we'll get into that again in another episode. Um, but just realize that's who this second man is, likened unto the first. Paul gives us an excellent uh, comparison in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 21. Therefore, just as sin, sin entered the world through one man, of course that'd be Adam, and death through sin, In the same way, death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. That's, of course, the law of Moses. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam. Remember, Adam broke a command. Before the law was given, I guess there was not a command that they had to obey, and so the, Paul is saying that, this, but death still reigned in the world, even when there wasn't a command. And he said, even even over those who did not sin by breaking command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. See, Adam was a pattern of the one. To, Adam was a pattern for Jesus. Adam disobeyed. What's Jesus going to do? This is, I mean, the whole scripture is tied together. It starts right there at the beginning of Genesis, is already talking about Jesus in the in in the future. Um, and we'll, we'll tie that together in another episode as well. Verse 15, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, that would be Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin, The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. So you think sin's bad. I mean, disobeying a command of God is bad. Yes. Adam broke one command and sin, and death through sin entered the world. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. The gift of God, the gift of righteousness from God, followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, that'd be Adam, death reigned through that one man, so our death, our physical death, is because of that, a reigning because of that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Jesus brought life into the world and for all those who will believe, right? How much more uh, who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, this is verse 18. Just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, that would be Adam's disobedience, so also one righteous act, that was Jesus Christ, fully obedient all the way to death on the cross, resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Because of Jesus' obedience, the many will be made righteous for those who believe. Verse 20, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. Because the Jews are having a question because God gave Moses the law, right? And Paul's saying the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. Holy cow. You know, God was really after punishing us then, right? But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The penalty of sin—remember, if, if the sin is not taken into account where there is no law. So, if Jesus had come before the law, just think of how much less punishment he would have had to take on the cross. Oh no, he brought God brought the law in, gave the, the law to the Israelites, and the, the, all the sins that they committed under that law. Jesus had to pay for it, and all the sins we've we've ever committed ever since Adam, Jesus had to pay all of that sin debt on the cross, uh, and 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 rose again from the dead. Uh, let me give some summarize this in Acts seventeen, uh, chapter twenty two to thirty one. Paul's been invited; he had been proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ in Athens, and so some philosophers heard Paul talking, and said, "Hey, you need to come down and talk to all the philosophers." And so Paul um, goes down to talk to them about um, these, these two men. And again, we're looking at the one man, Adam, and the second likened unto the first man, uh, and that would be Jesus. Paul then stood up in the meeting at the Aragopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you're ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. Verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. Remember, believing the God is creator changes everything. Boom, right there, verse 24. That's how he starts. The God who made the world and everything in it. Verse 25, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. All right, verse 26. From one man, this is from Adam. Remember, we were talking about Adam and Jesus. From one man, this is from Adam, he made all the nations. That they, well, how did he make it from, because remember, Eve came from Adam, right? So he made Adam, and then Eve came out from Adam, Adam's rib. He created Eve. So Eve was actually part of Adam. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole our earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. This is so cool. You were not born in the 1400s for a reason. God actually determined the time and the location where you would live. You're not here by accident. None of us are here by accident or timing and or where we're living right now. God did all of this. This is what Paul is telling us. Verse twenty-seven. God did this so that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He is not far from any one of us. If you want to know what the purpose of mankind is on the earth, every person who has been born uh, after Adam and Eve started having children, then their children started having children. This is the reason these individuals are on the earth. Humanity is on the earth so that they would seek, so that they would seek God and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him. God's not hiding from anybody. He wants us to seek him and we will find him if we look for him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Verse 29. Therefore since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine is being as something like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. Of course Athens was filled with these idols of all these gods that they were worshipping. <laughs> you know, and Paul said, look, The God, the creator, is not like one of these things, right? He's not not gold, silver, or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Here's a new command that Paul is letting us know, by the way. It's coming from God. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent, to stop worshiping those darn idols. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice, by the one man he has appointed, that's Jesus Christ, so you got the two men. All nations came from Adam, and now God's going to judge the entire world with justice by the one man he has appointed. He has given proof of this, God has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And so Paul was talking about the resurrection from the dead, that Jesus rose from the dead, breaking the power of death, and they were wondering, what is, what is he talking about? This is what he was talking He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And what is the proof of that? One day, there is coming a day when God will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. All right, so let's summarize this, this discussion of the purpose and work of man that we've just been through. We went through Adam, and then we went through Jesus, these two these two men. And remember the, day of the, uh, uh, the uh, condition of the earth before the day started, okay? We're going all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and the darkness covered over the surface of the deep, over the water, right? was covered. The earth was covered with water and was covered in darkness. That's how the first day started. That's before God spoke light, right? He said, let there be light. There was darkness, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And remember, God separated the light from the darkness. What we need to understand is how the Bible has presented it is that the darkness comes first, then comes the light. In the person and work of the first man, Adam, if you follow this pattern that God gave us, darkness comes first and then the light. In the person and work of the first man, Adam, an image bearer of God, he disobeyed a command and destined the rest of humanity to falling into a world of darkness, sin, and death. Now God knew this was going to happen before He before He ever made man. He knew this was going to happen, that this darkness was going to come first, and that Adam was in fact going to eat the fruit, the forbidden fruit, and this was going to be the result. Why? Because He knew that the second one was coming also to bring the light. In the person and work of the second man, who was likened unto the first, that is Jesus, He was obedient all the way to death on the cross, bringing the light of righteousness into the world and eternal life to all who believe. The darkness came first, sin and death through Adam. The light came next. God allowed the light. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be Jesus on the earth. And boom and Mary, out comes Jesus, right? And the light of the world was walking on planet earth. And, And he gave, he gives eternal life for all those who believe. And there's coming a day, perhaps soon, when Jesus will return as the judge uh, uh, of of the world, and he will judge the world in righteousness. And uh, so, I, I just as as we see that these two men that that's what's going on. The, what's the work in, what's the work person and work of man, mankind. It's been two. There's been two purposes and work of mankind. The first purpose and work of mankind was to, that the, the entering into the darkness. We're going to find out what evil is all about. Humanity is going to experience what evil is all about what darkness is all about. And Adam brought that upon humanity by his disobedience, his free will, I'm going to disobey God. For whatever reason he did it, he did it, and he had the full capacity not to do it. He did it, and he and he brought the world into darkness and under the control of the evil one, which we'll get into in another episode. And centuries later, millennia later, you know, God is not in a hurry to do this, right? He's got lots of time. He's outside of time. He's he's working a plan. That's why when you read the Bible, but you see the Bible is a complete document. And God had it written, sixty-six different books by forty different authors, over about a fifteen hundred year period, and each writer is writing this about the same thing because God, the Holy Spirit, is telling each writer exactly what to write. And he's revealing with each writing part of his plan, eternal plan, that starts in Genesis chapter one, one and ends in Revelation chapter twenty-two, twenty-one, in the eternal state where believers will be with him forever. He always already sees us there in this kingdom of heaven, prepared before the foundation of the world. Jesus, Jesus and we'll we'll see a passage about from Jesus about that in a later episode. But this this relationship that we have with God through faith in Jesus Christ has granted us and has given us by the grace of God eternal life. So who, who whose life do you want to live into? Right? Are we living the life of Adam, of sin and death? through sin. Are we living the life of Christ, of life and righteousness, peace and joy and obedience all the way to our death, all the way to our own individual death, unless the rapture happens and we get raptured out of here, but if that doesn't happen before I have a before I die, may I be found obediently walking and following in submission to my God and Lord Jesus Christ all the days of my life as a believer? Now, of course, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 7, ah, that it's, it's a very difficult road to walk. And that's part of what this podcast is about, is to help us, inspire us and encourage us and empower us to live fully a Christian life, to live fully in Christ and all that that entails. But before we can do that, we need to know that the Bible is actually communicating something to us that really has happened in a real space-time reality. Adam really happened in a real space-time reality. Jesus Christ really happened in a space-time reality. The person and work of man has been completed. Now, for us, it is, for our decision, is who are we going to follow? Are we going to follow man? Are we going to follow Adam? Are we going to follow the world? Are we going to follow Jesus? Remember, simply believe God and follow Jesus. Would we just follow Jesus? He is our Savior. He is going to bring us home safely. In every single way, there's just, I mean, this is a no-brainer. You know, am I going to go after the one who disobey? And there's a lot of people who want to go after the one who disobey, who do not believe in Jesus. They're running as fast as they can to follow Adam into death, all right? And we we bypass that death that Adam, that Adam experienced uh, in the rapture. If we walk obedient all the way to death, we will never die. Of course, Jesus says that. He who believes in me and dies will live. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. That idea, if we believe in Jesus and we live, we will never die. Right? Well, our bodies are going to die, but we're not going to die. We're not going to cease to exist. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on going in him. All right, with that, uh, next uh, to let you know, our next episode, we're going to have a special guest, guest. And I look forward to you joining me there. And until then, simply believe God and follow Jesus. Live as a child of light overflowing with living water in the will of God. Being joyful always, praying continually, and thankful in all circumstances. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters.
0: We hope this episode of Way of the Bible has you feeling inspired and empowered to simply believe God and follow Jesus. Remember to search the scriptures to confirm what you've heard today. And join us next episode as we continue to discover together the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ and be transformed daily by the renewing of your mind. Knowing God's will for you is a life filled with joy prayer and thanksgiving be blessed